Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you are doing very, very well. Uh, welcome to another day and yet another podcast episode by Azrin, the language nerd, aka myself. Um, let's kick things off with the weather update as per usual. So in Calgary today, it is a heck of a lot nicer than it was yesterday. If you remember yesterday's podcast episode in Calgary, it was kind of snowy, really gray, kind of depressing, wet, slushy, and it felt more like a winter day than it did a spring day. And today is a little bit, I guess we could say it's a step in the right direction. There's sun outside. I haven't gone outside yet, so I don't know if it's actually warm or cold or what the situation is with the temperature, but it looks warm. So that's obviously a good sign. However, we still have a couple of signs of winter. So for example, I'm going to walk to my backyard here or walk to the window rather. And I look and there's probably still, I don't know, a good 30 centimeters, maybe a foot of snow roughly in that range. So that's definitely more winter like than it is spring like. But then again, I'm not really discouraged by that because one thing about where I live in Calgary is that, you know, when we have snow or rather when we're in winter, or excuse me, when we are in April, we st it is still pretty common to have areas like in backyards, front yards, things like that, where there is a good chunk of snow because we just haven't had enough warm weather to melt it all. So that's kind of the weather update. I hope tomorrow and as time goes on, we get warmer and warmer, closer and closer to spring. Um, yeah, I'm really, really waiting for it. Also, another little segment I think I'm thinking of actually adding on to these podcasts is doing a little segment where I kind of just discuss what I did the previous day or what I did on the day of the podcast. Because for the hardcore, like the hardcore podcast listeners, the hardcore followers, people that have really consumed my stuff, you'll remember it would have been roughly four months ago. I decided I was going to start a project called the A-Log, like an audio log. Think of like video logs, like vlogs on YouTube. I was like, I'm going to create the first audio log, the first A-Log. And I made this thing and I was like, it's a new project. And then I went absolutely nowhere because it just didn't feel natural after that very first one that I made. So I kind of scrapped the idea. But this is kind of my way to potentially bring it back a little bit in more of a natural way, more of a way that feels natural to me. Um, which is just for now anyway, just giving you a quick rundown of what happened and what's going on in my life, what I did on a day-to-day -day basis. So yesterday I went and volunteered with my mom's school, or rather more, more accurately, I voluntold. <laughs> so what is voluntold? Voluntold is a word that my mom actually invented, or I think she invented, I'm not sure, but she's the one who introduced me to this word is when you volunteer somewhere because you are told to do so because they're like, hey, you're going to volunteer at this place. <laughs> I basically got an email from my mom once. It was like three months ago, two months ago. She's like, hey, Azarin, April 12th, you are volunteering. I need a volunteer. And I was like, great. I guess I'm voluntolding that day. So we went to the museum and uh, I was basically just helping with chaperoning some of the kids, etc., etc., making sure that no one gets lost or falls downstairs or anything crazy like that. So um, which actually weirdly, we're going to get into this in a moment, but that museum trip is kind of one of the inspirations, let's say for this podcast episode, which we're going to get in, in a moment, basically from there, just kind of came home, um, relaxed a bit, taught a little bit on Skype. Um, and really the big things I'm focusing on right now is getting prepared for this upcoming weekend, actually tomorrow, which is Saturday. 
because tomorrow I'm running an intensive all-day Spanish outing slash lesson. One of the things that I've realized that no one that I've seen is really doing, and I've been kind of focusing more and more on it and trying to put more attention on it, is like, I guess you could say immersive experiences for language learners. What that means is I haven't really seen that many people or that many companies or organizations or whatever that will take a bunch of French learners or Chinese learners, English learners, whatever it is, and create like a five day, a four day, a two day, a one day, a 10 day, a 20 day, like a multi day or an extended period of time where they immerse these learners, take a small group, immerse them in the language in a way that is conducive to their own level. So if you have a bunch of beginners, you know, if you're putting them in a three day immersion French, obviously you can't structure it the same way than if they were very advanced. An advanced speaker would obviously need a very different program than a beginner speaker. And that's something I'm trying to put a lot of focus on right now is trying to create those programs and trying to create those types of experiences. So tomorrow is when I'm doing one for, I guess you could say, upper intermediate, intermediate, kind of even potentially advanced Spanish. And we're gonna be going to some Venezuelan restaurants. I've, I've created some different games we're going to play um, that are you know conducive to my students really learning some new things and practicing things that, um, that maybe they know but haven't got a lot of practice with, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of time spent on that kind of prep, um, that kind of prep and making sure that everything is really all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, and that it, the event is basically prepared to run as smoothly as possible. So that was really what was, what was going on in my life yesterday. Now, let's jump into the meat of this podcast. I said a little bit earlier, about a minute ago, that the museum trip really inspires or inspired this podcast episode, right? And the reason that is because I was thinking yesterday about creative ways or even just ways in general not necessarily creative to basically hack language learning within your own city i think a lot of people myself included actually we fall into this trap of going with only the tried and true what i mean by that is maybe you take language lessons because that's everybody's everybody's heard of language lessons that's very common or maybe it's like using an application, Duolingo, things like that. Because everyone's really heard of a lot of these applications, or maybe not everyone, but a lot of people have heard of these applications, things like that. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's like, oh, I'm gonna travel abroad. Like there's different avenues that people tend to follow or people tend to pursue when they are trying to learn a specific language. This is quite common, quite normal. And I wanna push some people to look for other ways that are not necessarily in the tried or true or more specifically i think a better way to put this is if you are a beginner language learner meaning you're someone who has not really dived into language learning too much perhaps it is a good idea to pick some tried or true methods i think that's a good um that's a good idea um however i know that a lot of people that follow my content um many of them not everyone but many of them are people that have you know, they've been learning a language for a couple of years. They have used some applications. They have, um, you know, taken classes. They have used textbooks. They've, they've tried a couple of tried and true methods and they've seen varying degrees of success. Some people, I'll even go this direction. Some of you who listen to this podcast or, or watch my videos or, or follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, those kinds of things. Some of you have actually learned various languages with pretty good success and you've really got your system kind of down. 
And weirdly, as I'm talking and as I'm saying all of this out loud, weirdly, I actually wonder if this podcast is mostly for you because like when we look at people like myself or like people who are really quote unquote experienced or advanced or whatever language learners, we get stuck in our habits. We have habits of how we learn. We, we like to do X, Y, Z. We like to take classes or we like applications. We get into these systems that work for us. And while there's advantages to that, there's also disadvantages because we're missing elements. And I'm talking about me, like as I'm talking, I'm thinking like I am probably one of these people. We're missing opportunities for potentially being more effective or faster or doing things better, becoming etc. right? So I think this is the stuff we're gonna talk about here is I'm really trying to push, obviously it's for everyone in a sense. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's something that everyone can really take something away from. Now, um, I was thinking yesterday as I'm walking the museum, there's a couple of different creative ways that you can use your local surroundings or your local, the things that are in your own city or town or whatnot, um, or in the surrounding area even. There's a lot of stuff that you can do that can help your language learning. For instance, let's look at yesterday. I was in the museum. Did you know, I don't know if the last time you went to a museum, but museums, when you go in, there's really all sorts of fantastic and interesting vocabulary that you wouldn't technically see in an everyday scenario. Like it's interesting, I'm walking around in this library, right? And I'm reading some of the information panels and I'm going, wow, when I'm reading this in English, there's like, I understand obviously English is my first language, but I'm reading and going, wow, there's some words here and there's some terms and vocabulary that holy moly, like I just haven't thought about in a very long time. Like there were things about like medieval, uh, was, it medi was it medieval? No, sorry, excuse me, it was not medieval. It was terms about a lot of the weaponry from uh, World War One, World War Two, a lot of that kind of stuff. And there's things like musket, there's things like, what else was there? Um, like cannons and like a whole, I can't remember all of them anymore. I have like pictures on my phone, but there were a variety of different words that I just had not thought about. And it made me realize like, huh, sometimes I think one of the challenges or one of the blocks, one of the things that, that, that holds some language learners back is the fact that we don't have any outside or enough outside sources to inspire or give us ideas for the types of words that we don't know. Because as I'm going through this museum, I realize A, some of these words or a lot of these words in English that I'm reading, I have not even thought about or seen or anything for who knows how long. And B, I didn't know how to say a lot of the words I was seeing in French, in Spanish, in Gujarati, in Mandarin. And I was like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't even know that I didn't know these words. Does that make sense? Because I just hadn't ever been in a scenario where those words were ever even in the realm of possibility, in the realm of me potentially ever needing them. And me going to the museum made me realize some of the information, some of the vocabulary gaps that I have, even in my most advanced languages, even in languages like Spanish and French, where I feel super confident. Like I feel really confident in those levels. I feel like, when I talk, it's very difficult to distinguish me even from a native speaker in most scenarios, right? But if you were to throw me, for example, if we took that museum yesterday and we converted everything into Spanish, the whole thing, it made me realize how many different little things I would have been like, what does that mean? What does that mean? 
Whoa, where's my dictionary? I gotta look that up. Wait, what is that? What is that thing? What the heck? And I might have figured it out with a picture or something like that, but it would have been, you know, it would have just been uh, quite challenging because of that vocabulary gap. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if there are, you know, if you are someone, especially if you are, let's say, in that intermediate or maybe even advanced stage, you know, I recommend in your own city, there's probably lots of little things that you could be doing that give you the idea, ideas, excuse me, plural, ideas of the types of things that you still need to work on. So what I'd recommend is obviously, I mean, depends on how dedicated you are to languages. If you're super motivated and you're like, I love languages, I'm really serious, probably the best thing to do is organize like a day, take a day or take a weekend, one of the two, and organize a variety of different types of activities that you're, or maybe yeah, activities that you don't normally participate in. Maybe it's a museum visit. Maybe you could live close to like, I don't know, the sea and there's like a boating thing. You can rent a boat for a day. I don't know. Or maybe there's like, I don't know, maybe you live like there's an arcade by your house and you never go to it. Or maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's like a farm you can visit. Maybe do some stuff that you don't normally do because that's gonna number one, introduce you to a lot of words that you probably don't know in whatever language you're learning and you can write them down and be like, wow, these are a bunch of words I don't know. Or even more, you might even realize, wow, I'm on a farm. I know nothing about farms in Spanish. I know nothing about farms in Mandarin. I know nothing about farms in English. Holy moly, I've got a lot. I really need to study that area of vocabulary. And actually, interestingly, you probably potentially might even learn some words in your own language. Because if, if, the, if, they're, if you're doing experiences or going to places or doing things that you don't normally do, there's probably words associated with that activity that you've never really heard. <laughs> I think that's pretty logical to say, and it's definitely something I've been realizing more and more. So I think that is a is a really good, um, I think a really good thing to be doing. It's a it's a fantastic way to leverage where you live to help promote. Um, I guess you could say promote the your own language progress, if that makes any sense. A similar little tactic or strategy, but maybe it's less, um, maybe it's less like, uh, how do I phrase this? Uh, maybe it's for the more or the less serious language learners, people who are learning a language, but they don't want to block off a whole day or a weekend or something to go do a whole bunch of new things just for the purpose of their own language. Like, I, I don't know, like, I, I feel like even myself being someone who like talks about languages, loves them, even myself, I don't see myself really doing that. <laughs> so I realize as I'm talking, most of you, 99 to 100% of you are probably never gonna do that or rarely gonna do that. One thing I think everybody can do, and myself included, this is something I do from time to time, is as you're walking, as you're driving, as you're on the bus, as you're on the train, wherever, as you're just going somewhere, on the plane, I don't really care, look around you and start naming everything you see in whatever language you're learning. So for instance, maybe you're walking, excuse me, maybe you're walking and you're outside. You see a road, you see cars, you see trees, you see roads, you see a post, you see a, a street lamp, you see some traffic lights, bikes, bike locks, bike racks, you see, uh, I don't know, houses, you see apartments, you see uh, whatever you see, people, bike, whatever, motorbikes. You see all these things and start seeing, can I name all of these things in whatever language I'm learning? I bet you anything, I bet you anything, I would bet you like every, like anything, that no matter how advanced you are, no matter what, you could be the most advanced, like super duper advanced. And as you're walking around, 
you're guaranteed going to find certain things you have no idea how to say. And you, th you thought that, oh yeah, of course I would know, like, I know car. But then as you're looking, you're like, wait a second, I know car. I know the wheel, uh, the, excuse me, the tire of the car. What do you call that silver thing inside the tire? What do you call the rims in blah, blah, blah language? What is that called? What do you call, like, and then you're walking, you see like a sewer grate and you're like, oh, that's a sewer, that's a sewer. What do you call a sewer grate? Huh, I don't know. Or maybe it's like you see a tree and it's a birch tree and you're like, I know birch tree in English or whatever language. How do I say that in blah, blah, blah language? How do I say that in Japanese? I don't know. And you're going to realize a whole, like it's actually gonna scare you. It scares me, and not scares me, but it's gonna surprise you. Like, especially for the more advanced people, just how much you don't know. Like it, you think you're so good, but like, it, it's crazy that you could be like, you could be considered you know, like no matter what level you're at in the language, I think you're actually overestimated no matter what. <laughs> like, like myself, this is the craziest thing. I haven't, I've never thought about this before. Myself, I feel very, I feel like I confidently say I'm advanced in Spanish. I'm advanced in French. I know a lot of words, all the ground. I make very little mistakes. My accent's good. Like I can, like, I feel very comfortable, right? But I think one thing that we don't talk about is how far apart advanced and an educated native speaker. I don't, I don't, I think the gap between that is massive. Like, and I didn't realize this until right now. And I actually am considering, you know, now that I'm, I'm considering this because often the way I will describe my own level in man, excuse me, in French or Spanish is near native. I'm close to a native. Like obviously I'm not native because I'll never get there, but I'm close. But then it makes me realize that, hang on a second, there's almost a step below that. Like you can't like near native. Woo. That's a high level. Like that means when you're walking around, you can just start pointing at stuff and be like, that's that, that's that, that's that. Because you're close to a native. 95, 98, 99% of the stuff that you look around you, you should be able to tell. But you know, when I think about it now, even the most advanced speakers I know couldn't do that. They wouldn't be able to because there's just so many little things that there's just so many things that we don't know. And what happens is that once we hit that, we're on a completely different topic now, but once we hit that advanced level, people don't actively go out of their way to really push themselves. They don't go and study hardcore medical stuff. Like for example, like there's medical terms I know in English, not because I've studied medicine, but because I've gone to the doctor. I've heard of different medical illnesses on the news. And so I've heard the words they use. I've watched some random podcasts where they talked about blah, 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 blah people in my family, a couple people have diabetes. So I know some different terms because of that, but I haven't had those experiences in Spanish, for example. So when we go into even like some basic medical things like stethoscope or like, uh, like a scalpel or like, uh, like even like a, even a lab coat, like, I don't know how to say those things in, do I know them in French Spanish? No, I don't. So it's crazy, right? You can be very comfortable, very advanced. And yet you might still be extremely far from being native, if that makes sense. So anyway, I forgot how we got on that topic, but anyway, I think uh, I've completely lost my turn of thought. I don't remember what we're talking about. So maybe this is a good time to end it. Oh no, wait, one last thing. Um, yeah, so walk around, point at stuff. You're gonna start to realize what you don't know how to say. That's what I was talking about. You're gonna realize stuff you don't know, write them down or make a mental note. And that's gonna give you words you don't know, but also categories of things that maybe you don't know that you should be studying. 
Um, that's a fantastic thing to be doing. So, you know, it's funny, this whole podcast, I mean, we've gone about 20 minutes now. Um, I guess, you know, I'm trying to think of a third strategy. I think we can end it off here. You know, but two main things, two major things that you can really do to leverage your own city where you live to push your own language studies is number one, if you're really into it, book off a day or two to go into a bunch and experience a whole bunch of things that you've never really done before, boating, going for a walking tour, whatever, touring something, it doesn't matter. And track the things that you don't really know how to say in, in your other languages that you speak or a more lightweight, a more lightweight um, you know, strategy you could be doing is on a day-to-day basis as you're traveling, start pointing at things and figuring out what do you know what to say, what do you not know what to say, and that's also going to really help you. So those are two major strategies. Um, I honestly feel like, yeah, like I honestly feel like I can make a part two to this because I just don't want to go much longer because I've got a couple of things I need to do work-wise. Um, but I feel like there's a lot more ideas I have around this topic. So I probably will make a, uh, a part two. We'll see if nothing really inspires me between today and tomorrow or today and the next podcast. The part two of this conversation will be the next podcast. Um, if not, part two will never come. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying this daily podcasting stuff. I honestly think that the time is coming. I'm going to see if I keep this habit of doing daily podcasting and it feels right and I keep doing it. For sure, I think I'll need to get some, like a better microphone for starters. Um, and um, yeah, start spending a little bit more time on the production, on the production, a little bit of, on the, a little bit on the production side of the podcast um, and making a little bit higher quality. On a weird note, I'll finish on this one. It's just something completely random. And most of you probably won't care except for the hardcore followers, or maybe people that follow me on YouTube is like a, a better way to look at this. It's interesting to see, at least for me, when you look at my YouTube content since I've been back from India, it's interesting to see how I've given that a little bit less attention. I've been a little bit, I don't know if less diligence the word, but I've been a little bit less like effort put into it. Like I haven't really put any, you know, any edited vlogs out. I haven't really put out a piece of content where I go, yeah, that one's awesome. Like I've been, I've been putting out content and I feel good about it. But what's fascinating is that I'm feeling a lot better about the podcast. So it's like some of the energy that was going into YouTube is now coming into the podcast, which is interesting, which is just yet another reason as to why I'm lately have been saying this more and more. I honestly believe that if you, I want people to follow me on every social media platform they actually use because you don't, number one, I'm, I'm, my attention will often switch a little bit from it from platform to platform, depending on you know, how the platform is doing, the features on the platform, depending on my time, depending on what I feel like doing, etc. And number two, like, I just feel like I said this on a YouTube live stream once, and I'll say it here on the podcast. Um, I honestly feel like um, that there, if you're learning a language, you need to have language learning content that is front, that is always front of mind in a certain, in a certain way. And most people don't, focus their lives around languages, excuse me. And so what I recommend you do is if you follow me or other people on every single, uh, every single social media platform, and, and you're following me specifically because I post so often everywhere, that you are honestly, that's just, you're gonna see it more often. It's gonna be more front of mind for you and it's gonna be, just accelerate your language learning progress. Especially because nowadays we spend so much time on social networks on our phones that 
it almost becomes a part of our reality. And so I'm just trying to make, I'm just try, I just want languages to be a 0.5%, a 1%, a 2% additional part of their lives. Like 2% is not a lot, but that 2% goes a long way over a span of three years, if that makes sense. So anyway, um, I'd really appreciate if you're not following me on every social media platform. Oh, lastly, a selfish thing, very selfish actually, but selfish thing is that um, if ever a platform goes away or they change something or they kick me off a platform for whatever reason or something happens, I want your attention in other places so that I'm not, I don't lose it. So it's like a selfish thing, but it's something that's really important to me. So anyway, for those of you who made it this far in the podcast, probably not a lot of you, but hopefully there are some, um, I wish I could see the analytics of how much people are listening to podcasts. But anyway, um, if you made it here, I'd really appreciate it. If you're not following me on every social media platform that you have and that you use, um, I'd appreciate it. So for example, I use, I'll list them all off, uh, podcasting. So I'm on Google play. I'm on iTunes, overcast. I'm on all sorts of podcasting platforms called the language learning show. I'm on Instagram at polyglot Azrin, or just search Azrin A Z or A Z R E N the language nerd or search polyglot Azrin. I'm on Facebook. Same username as, as Instagram. I'm on Instagram, I'm on uh, YouTube, excuse me. YouTube is Azrin, the language nerd. I'm on Tumblr at Polyglot Azrin. Heck, I'm on Musical.ly. I don't do a lot there now, but I'm watching it because I'm actually getting more followers lately. So I need to, I'm actually might start making more content, content there. Musical.ly at Polyglot Azrin. Snapchat at Polyglot Azrin. Medium, the blogging platform. I don't do a ton, but I do, I do blog. So Medium, the blogging platform at Polyglot Azrin. Um, and then Facebook, I think I said Facebook already, but is that all of them? I believe that is all of them. So anyway, oh, and Tumblr as well, Tumblr at Polyglot Azarin. So, um, anyway, thanks for listening. Really appreciate your attention. Appreciate your ear. We'll talk later. Bye for now.